you get down low, you're trying to take in the perspective of what the world is like from a dog. And when you're traveling, it's the same sort of thing. You, it's a different type of travel. Hi, this is Shannon. And Kristen, or better known as the Vogel Twins. Yay! Ah, today's guest is Carrie Martin. She is a Melbourne-based and international award-winning family and pet photographer who considers pets very much a part of the family. It's for this very reason that she specializes in portraiture photography that includes dogs and families with their pets. Carrie is also the editor of Puppy Tales, a website devoted to the promotion of wonderful relationships between dogs and people. She shares her travels and adventures to help you plan the perfect trip with your pup or to create an exciting bucket list to achieve together. Carrie, I'm so <laughs> excited to have you on. Two of my favorite things, travel and dogs. <laughs> I love it. Kiko. And, hello, and also, you guys cannot see this, but Kiko, her dog is in the screen. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. So yeah. if you hear any barking and stuff, this is who it's coming from. <laughs> yes. Carrie, thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for having us. I say us because Kiko's here as well. Um, yes. He will probably make his presence known. <laughs> right yeah. I'm looking forward to his responses. Me too. <laughs> and I wish we had our cats next to us so that we could have like a pet exchange. You yes. Know? Next time them. next time we'll have to have our pets on our uh, laps as yeah, well. <laughs> I know. That'd be so cute. So Carrie, I have to say, as an animal lover and travel enthusiast like yourself, I really wanted to talk to you because you were able to combine both my loves, mm-hmm. travel and dogs you go on these great dog friendly adventures with two adorable dogs kiko which we're seeing right now and summer reflecting on your career do you remember that first adventure you took with your pets where you realized you need to do this more yeah i do it was with kiko so kiko is 11 now um he was one when we went on our first trip uh and it was it was just like oh this beautiful spot that my parents had been to and they were like it's so lovely and to start with I was like discounting it because my parents had been there and you know you don't go on the same sort of holidays as your parents you think that they're <laughs> like um, you know I was younger and I'm going to go somewhere that's like adventurous and where young people go hmm. <laughs> but anyway <laughs> we saw it and there was this accommodation that came up it was on a lavender farm it was beautiful and I was sort of like oh I think we should take Kiko for a a weekend away and my husband was like yeah sure so we did that and of course it was a beautiful place um while my parents were there for probably for food and, and wine tasting and things like that we were there and loved that there was all these walks you could do so Kiko had the best weekend he was like exploring sniffing everything because we were out with him it was really easy travel like where we had headed mm-hmm. all the things you could do you could do with dogs so it was amazing um and that sort of start like that's where we started and then it's just sort of built from there and there and there and now we will travel sort of around COVID a little bit at the moment but Mm, up to sort of six months of the year we'll be on the road and then we did a big trip for 13 months around Australia so we've been blessed and I think these guys live the best dog life you know being able to do that with us I know know. it's like I want you to adopt me (laughs) your dogs are living a better life than me (laughs) Like that is so I know. cool. I know. Great, I'm we so often jealous. joke that <laughs> we often joke that they get the best life because they go to sleep in the back of the car like while we move place to place. They wake up refreshed. We've got to stay awake, you know, watch the traffic, do all yeah. of the hard stuff to get yeah. to these new places and then they wake up and they're like, 
so when do we get to the beach? When do when do, yeah. <laughs> when are we heading out for a walk? And we're like, oh, we've still got to set up and then I've got to make a call yeah. for work or do these things. And they're like, okay, we'll just chill on the bed and then when you're ready, yeah. you can take us out and we'll have like, fun. we'll be ready. Yeah, yeah we'll be ready for yeah. you guys. I, I love that. Honestly, I think it's really cool, especially that like you went to like a dog-friendly area. Like yeah. it's interesting. In New York, I feel like more so recently throughout the years, more establishments are becoming more quote-unquote dog-friendly where yeah. you're allowed to bring your dogs into like – for us, I think it's more um, common. common that it's like breweries, you know? Yeah, I feel like breweries are really common to see dogs especially in New York I'd say but like it's like you know it's funny like because we're on Long Island right now and I'd say there's only like maybe one or two dog parks in the entire area which is insane to, to think, think that like that. granted people can like walk around the you know their neighborhoods and stuff like that but like specifically for dogs or like any sort of area it's kind of surprising if you think about it yeah I mean have you ever like you know when you like look for these kinds of places obviously you're going to a place that's more welcoming of like you know dog places like yeah, we mentioned earlier is there any spots that you go to that they like you know are like no dogs allowed like how do you combat that yeah. kind how, of atmosphere? how do you look at Kiko and be like you can't go yeah how can you say <laughs> I would that? be so sad I'd be sad for Kiko <laughs> <laughs> so that happens all the time in Australia. We have a lot of national yeah. parks and they're no so unless you've got a service or an assistance dog, like a guide dog, um, you cannot yeah, take dogs yeah. into these places, which I completely understand because we have like amazing wildlife and we want to protect that. And um mm. unfortunately not everyone with dogs will do the right thing either. So I completely I'm not against those sort of regulations it makes it tough Mm. when you're traveling though because some of these places are amazing so we take the viewpoint (laughs) that we'll get there one day we head to places that we can go with the dogs now because we feel like that's that's fair on them that they get to come with us and be Mm. part of it we don't want to leave them behind we don't want to put them in boarding kennels or leave them with a pet sitter Kiko isn't the sort of dog that loves new people and other dogs he likes he's very Mm. very loyal to us so we have just taken that sort of thing of we will find where we can go with dogs we plant like when we went around Mm. Australia the whole trip was we headed to the spots where we thought we were going to have the most amazing time with them and and one Mm. of the perks of traveling with dogs is that you look a little bit harder so you're not heading to the same beach that a thousand other people are going to visit that day you're going to the one that's dog friendly so you mingle with other dog lovers or you'll find a spot that's just you guys. So it's it's really cool. And we've discovered like amazing little spots that aren't kind of known tourist areas or tourist mm-hmm. like hot list places because we're going with the different perception of we want to go there and go to places where we can take our dogs and enjoy it with them. So it's worked mm-hmm. out really, really well. And we will get to those other places one day. You know, in the future we might mm-hmm. have a dog that loves going to pet care or, or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, or I'm trying to convince my parents when we go around Australia again that they want to come with us and then we can, like, swap. So we'll look after their dogs for a day and they can go and see them and then they'll look after our dogs. Whether that happens or not, I don't know, but there's sort of ways around it if you think a little bit creatively Mm -hmm. or or sort of um, have that viewpoint of, yeah, we want to be there with our dogs and we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like really the parent point. exchange. I yeah. kind of love that. It's also like a family affair, even more. Yeah. You know, which I really, really gotta love. take care of the grand pups. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the fur babies, the fur babies. I love that. And I'm curious, at the spots you've been to, what's like your favorite dog friendly spot that you've traveled with your pet so far? Like a, maybe like a checklist or something that you determine like this is a really good spot for my dog. Uh, as in where we would go, we sort of, the first is you've got to have dog friendly yeah. accommodation. So we've got to make sure, um, when we're on the road in the caravan, 
one that there's a caravan park or a free camping place or somewhere that's dog mm. friendly. Um, we haven't really, the only time we ran into trouble there was some of our caravan parks in Easter because they're so booked because it's a long weekend. So the mm. only time we ran into a bit of trouble was that. And that was also because we hadn't booked early enough. We, we learned from that mm. to okay. make sure you book in advance so that you get a spot. Um, but otherwise we found a somewhere to stay in all the places that we want to go. Uh, we plan, so I don't think you can sort of have that bohemian free, you know, I'm going to wake <laughs> yeah, up and head yeah. in this direction because yeah, you sort yeah. of need to know where you're going to end up, where you want to stay. So I'm, I'm a planner anyway, so it yeah. might work a bit freestyle, but for us, I'm a planner um, and, and that works when traveling with dogs because you know where you're going to go. I keep a, like a little folder on my laptop of like amazing places that mm-hmm. we want to head, like that have great walks or things like that. Yeah. So that's the other thing that we're looking at is, you know, what we'll be able to do with them when we're there. So you've got the accommodation sorted and then I just collect and, and research and, and find all the things that we mm-hmm. can do. I get FOMO if I feel like I've left an area without having ticked it all off. So <laughs> I yep, have lists on same. whiteboards that like, yep, we're going to do this walk on Tuesday. Like, we'll go here on Wednesday. We'll ch- These are the three dog-friendly cafes if we want to go out for a bite to eat. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm a planner. That works really well for me. I'm not sure if everybody, like not everyone would travel like that. So um, mm-hmm. that works for us. And I think um, that accounting for the seasons so we will mm-hmm. travel yeah. um you know where there's beautiful autumn or spring we'll head to certain mm-hmm. direct des- destinations for winter we like the snow um or places that are a lot of people head north we we tend to stay where there's <laughs> snow um and i mean for us it's a little bit different this year we are in tasmania at the moment because we had to okay. stay at home in spring we were supposed to come in spring but then okay. we got um, in a lockdown so we repro- mm-hmm. rescheduled that for summer usually we don't travel in summer because that's when it's really busy um, and the mm-hmm. caravan parks are full of kids or anywhere you go it's, it's a different sort of holiday the beaches are full um, Tassie is actually really good for that it's not not too populated mm-hmm. but if you had headed to okay. Queensland you'd find you'd, it sort of would be a different experience so we generally okay. travel like autumn through s- spring um, mm-hmm. and it's a lot quieter and it's it's oh, nicer yeah. I like that too. traveling. Nicer temperatures, like summer oh, can be quite so hot nice. for us and for the dogs. Like Kiko's eleven and a big fluffy coat, so if it's a thirty-five degree day, we're not doing much yeah, with him hot. except going for a swim. Yeah. Um, whereas if you travel outside of that hot time in Australia, then you've got a lot more flexibility. You can go out all day, and and he's cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is so cool. It's I, I really relate to you on the being the planner because yeah. this is how I def- – like, you know what it is? Because when people are like, oh, like you're type A, and I'm like, wait a second, type A isn't negative. <laughs> like, let me defend the type A planners. I like to plan to have options, and I'm with you on that. It's like if I'm at a place, yeah. I want to enjoy it to the fullest and, like, understand what's around me. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And that includes research. you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I love going off the beaten path just as much as the next person mm-hmm. – but I like do that with like the intention of like maybe I'll hit this cafe today or maybe I'll find this park today. Like yeah. I have an idea of what the area like mm-hmm. offers, you know. And I love so, the fact that like your dogs like, kind of give you that opportunity to like yeah. expand on that travel. You know what I mean? Because it is really easy. Like you know, 
you know, planning in the sense of like, you know, going to the top spots. Like it's a very like, that's going to be the first, you know, page on yeah. Google, you know, like that's nice. But like when you have to like, when you have those sort of restrictions, it creates this sort of travel that you didn't realize could be out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? If and anything, your dogs have given you opportunity to see newer places and yeah. even like more secluded places. And because I'm someone, I don't love it super crowded, you know, like, yeah. so I feel like I, you know, what? I don't even travel with any animal, but I almost now feel like I should be looking for that because <laughs> yeah. I want to be hanging out with dogs. <laughs> like that's like you're nice. with your people where Wherever you are, it's like you're with like, you know, like-minded people like yourself yeah. who I'm sure, I mean, I don't know about you, but in our travels, we exchange information, you know, it's like, oh, where are you going today? Oh, I know this really cool spot. I'm sure in your, the dog lover community, I'm sure there's lots of information being shared. I'm, yeah. I feel like who, who isn't a nice dog person? I know. It's, <laughs> it's an automatic thing. I yeah. Think. You can't, you can't have a dog if you're not like cool. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm actually kind of curious too. Um, I know, obviously we kind of like slightly mentioned in the beginning that like you obviously you actually photograph like these dogs and things like that and I'm kind of curious like do you ever like grab like anyone like as like you're like traveling to be like oh like can you take photos of my dog or is it or does your travel tend to go around like this person asking you like hey travel to this location and you know do the sort of like vibe with it do you know what I mean yeah it's a bit of both so Mm. um we will work out where we want to head for a year. We put out an itinerary and then people will sort of go, oh, awesome, you're coming to our town. We'll book in and oh, have perfect. our dog photographed. Um, when we went around Australia, I did a book project. So that was sort of me more letting people know we were coming and then people would book in. Um, mm-hmm. I asked, like, as it's grown, you get people that sort of um, – express interest of oh when you're coming to this place or could you come to this place and so sometimes Mm -hmm. we'll add a stop on our itinerary if we can like if we're kind of nearby or or, or have time um if they tell us like for the year following if we can we'll put it in into the itinerary and, and head there so it's 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 good um in that we sometimes end up in places we don't sort of know much about and discover oh this is really cool like we weren't planning to head here uh, last year we, we actually got stuck in lockdown in, in a town where I was photographing um, and we'd been there before and stayed in a horrible hotel. It was not great but we got stuck there and then we had we had two weeks on a farm, totally different experience. We're like, this is so amazing. So um, we wouldn't have ever probably gone back there but someone asked us to come and photograph and we ended up. They had a, a network of friends, so we ended up photographing mm-hmm. a few of the dogs in town um, and we missed one, which was why we ended up staying for lockdown so that we could get this last mm-hmm. um, last session in. Um, but, yeah, we stayed on this farm with the dogs and it was just incredible river walks and it was foggy and, mm-hmm. and they had, like, um, highland cows and and calves were happening and so we were like we're never leaving we're not going home like, this uh, is great. <laughs> we did end up going home when we could but it was sort of Spoiler. um I think yeah I think it's brilliant that sometimes like life takes you somewhere that you were not really yeah, expecting absolutely. and then you're like oh this was so good like yay like, yeah Oh my God. And it's actually funny too. We actually have some friends who like, they are photographers as well, but I've never met like an actual like pet photographer. Like yeah. my, our friends are like, they've done like family portraits and things like that. And like, they've had such issues with toddlers. The stories that we've heard is like so funny, but I can't imagine not being able to like, you know, control a dog. You know, you can't be or like, communicate. or communicate properly. Be like, Hey, like, can you turn your head to the left in the sunlight? <laughs> like you're going to look better. Like, how do you deal with like an animal? You know what I mean? Like how does that work? Like, photographing. Them. What's the process? Yeah. 
Well, first, I think it's easy to photograph animals and people. They are not hung really? up. They don't worry about double chins. They True, are not insecure right. about anything. They are like, yeah, <laughs> you know, take me. I'm cool. And if you've yeah. got, yeah, if you've got treats, then you're their best friend nine times out of ten. Mm. Um, I think like dogs know dog people. I'm pretty sure they're an amazing judge mm. of character, and so. They, you can sort of, I'm lucky, they seem to like me. It works really well for my job. Um, yeah. But I think it, it's you've just got to know know your subject. So if that toddler photographers mm. or baby photographers, they would do far better at that than me because I don't know them, mm. I don't know what they're into, I don't work with them every day. Mm. But dogs, I'm hanging out with dogs every day. I do it like my own dogs I know what works with them mm-hmm. um and I learn like you learn if something doesn't work you go and figure it out but um yeah, yeah you know, I, I think I've got my two dogs because they've taught me something so Kiko's shy he's reserved mm-hmm. he doesn't like strangers Summer on the other hand is crazy she is gregarious <laughs> she will chase anything she is so kind of nuts and and in working with both those personalities that covers probably 75 percent of the dog's that you meet or somewhere in that range and so I think mm-hmm. both of my dogs came into my life to sort of teach me and, and help me be a better Aww. dog person and a better photographer as well so, yeah. yeah I love that oh, I love animals I <laughs> too. we're big animal lovers so I was really excited to have you on and just discuss this kind of topic yeah. but I have to ask now knowing that they have such different personalities I need to know what was their adopting story like how did you like get these two dogs <laughs> yeah, Kiko, Kiko and Summer, and Summer. I feel like that should have been my first question <laughs> Like, what do you know? Like, that is such a – and now I'm just curious. Yeah, I, got, like, I need to hear Kiko I, and I need Summer. to hear how you got Kiko and how you got Summer because yeah. they're so – they're both so different, but they're such beautiful, amazing dogs. Oh, they're gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, they are different. It actually works really well that they're different, I think, because they're not mm-hmm. so sort of competitive or not into the same thing. So Kiko loves snuggles, whereas Summer, you take her to the beach or she, she comes running with me, um, whereas Kiko would be like, no, nah, I just want to sniff that tree. And that would be when you're running. Um, so Kiko, he's 11. We um, got him from a breeder. So we'd been um, on a travel on a holiday to Spitsburg, which is where you see mm. polar bears, but there's also Arctic foxes there. And while everyone else was, like, watching for the polar bears, I was like, oh, my God, look at this. There's a, um, some Arctic fox babies. And I was like, oh, they're so, so, so cute. Now, they were all brown, but when you see them online, they're white. And so when we were um, – at work one day I sent my husband this link because there was these border collie puppies and um, oh. we were both in defence. We had quite serious jobs, quite serious time commitment jobs and we are like, mm-hmm. no, love border collies, I always have, but they are not the right sort of dog for our lifestyle right now. So then we were researching, mm-hmm. um, came across the, the Japanese spits and I was like, oh, my God, it's an Arctic fox. And then you start to read into it and you're like, okay, so they don't have the same energy as a Border Collie. So, mm. you know, they're happy walking three kilometres a day. Um, Kiko will actually walk a lot, lot further. So they're a great sort of versatile dog. They don't need mm. tons, but they will they will do it. And he, because we do it all the time, he loves it. You know, he will walk 10, 15 Ks if that's what we want to do as well. Um Perfect. So, you know, we looked at these breeders and then there was a profile for one that came up that was, like, smiling. And I was like, that's, that's my dog. He's <laughs> just got this cute smile. I love that. Um, oh, so, yeah, that's how we came to have Kiko. And I, I hadn't even told my parents. So 
um, we were living in Canberra at the time and this dog was in um, Canberra as well, but we picked him up and <laughs> drove home and then mum just said, I turned up and I had this like arms full of white, like tiny white fluff and they're like, oh my God, what's she gone and done? <laughs> and I was like, oh, we got a dog. Um, we just thought like it wasn't, I was, um, it was in my 20s, I wasn't like, you know, bringing a dog home that was my parents' responsibility was mine. But I was just like, you just go and do things, Carrie. <laughs> like once you've decided. Love um, it. Yeah. And oh then summer, um, we knew we wanted a second dog, although we're slightly anxious because Kiko is it, he like he's that shy reserved dog. We are his whole world. Like he's not interested in meeting new people unless they've got a treat Aww. for him and then he'll take the treat and he's off. Mm-hmm. Um and so, like, oh, I'm not sure how this is going to go. Mum and Dad got a dog um, when Kiko was two, so they got a border collie named Rosie, and they got along so beautifully. Um, Rosie is a really gentle, sweet border collie. Um, Rosie would come and stay. We would walk together. Um, so we were like, well, we think we can get a second dog. Um, and then by that time, like, I'd left defence and was doing the photography um, and we're like, we can get a dog on a border collie. Um, we, border collies in Australia don't come up in rescue quite as often. We wanted to get a rescue mm. dog the second time around. We knew a little bit more about the dog world um, and things like that, mm. so we wanted to adopt a, a, um, a, our second dog. Um, we actually, the one time that we've left Kiko, my brother got married in Thailand, so the whole family um, wow. was over there, so we had a house sitter at home. And I was looking through rescue dog profiles and then this little gold fluff border collie came up and I was like, oh, I'll apply for that dog. Like, she's so sweet. Um, And then didn't hear anything and, you know, we were overseas for a wedding. And then we got home and they're like, we got an email and it's like, um, so your dog's about ready to be sent you. Like, because she was in Queensland, we were in Melbourne. So we're like, oh, my God, we're going to get puppy. Um, And so... And in my mind, she was the gold version of Rosie. Like she's going to be a sweet border mm, collie, yeah. you know, and she was the kind of Jamua one of her litter um, from what mm. they talked about, like the rescuers and things like that. Um, no, no, she was the Jamua one of her litter, <laughs> but the whole litter it, it has grown up to be quite um, exuberant dogs, let's say that. Um, oh, some of them have harnessed it in really beautiful ways. Like we see her brother quite often and he's like he's amazing he's on tv and super well trained and stuff like that um someone's reasonably well trained but not quite like quiz but yeah she is not like rosie at all but her and rosie are the best of friends because they are both that same mindset they're both border collies um summer's actually a border collie cross so as the when they were all puppies they looked border collie and she still has that border collie shape but as some of our siblings grew up, they got really long hair. They started to change. So we got DNA testing in there. She's Border Collie cross Bearded Collie cross Labrador. So it's an interesting wow. combination. Um, she's they're, they're all pretty much Border Collie temperament. And mum was a Border Collie. But it's sort of fascinating when you get these mixed dogs yeah. and you sometimes, not so much with Summer, she's, I'd say, just Border Collie in temperament. But some of her siblings, you know, you see a bit of the, other sides and some of them have that bearded collie shag so it's sort of amazing when you see them together because you're like they just look so different (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like not what I was expecting, but still love. We get that a lot with our cats, actually. Yeah. They're, they're from the same litter, but like all the cats were like different. Like yeah. it was just like, who's the dad? <laughs> like it's very questionable. Yeah. But I mean, like they, the thing is they love each other so much. Like it's so beautiful to see such a beautiful bond between these animals yeah. too. It's like the sweetest thing ever. Like yeah. I love and cats that. are very like temperamental when it comes to that. Like they work because they're from the same litter. If they yeah. weren't, they probably would have some problems. Yeah, I think but so. But the Usually. fact that they're from the same litter, they're like good to go. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, we've got two cats as well. We don't travel with oh. them, but one we're going to start traveling with this year, hopefully. <laughs> see how it goes. I actually so. want to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I'm definitely going to be following your adventure on that because I actually was looking that up on like uh, social media platforms. Like, there's a lot of like adventure cats where people bring their cats on hikes and stuff. Yeah. And if you saw my cat, she needs to be on a weight loss journey. <laughs> I guess the first thing. I don't think that she, she can handle hike. Yeah. She's a chunk. She's yeah. a curvy girl. We're body positive in this household. It's true. She's a curvy, beautiful girl. But she could not hike. I know she couldn't. Your cat could definitely. <laughs> my cat could. could do it. I think she do. I think she would love it. I would just but have to train her. To I like, will say like though, it. when it comes to those kind of training things, what I've really noticed. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure it goes with also dogs as well. Is that you kind of have to train them young though? You know what I mean? Like yeah, our cats are kind of on the older spectrum, you know. So I don't know if they'd be like well adjusted to it. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't think it'd be fair to really rip them into the environment that they've been adjusted to. Especially yeah. cats. Dogs are yeah, a little I think different. Dogs are slightly different. Like yeah. I mean, granted, like I haven't you know done the thing with our cat yet but I would love to do it in my mind my cats are adventure cats (laughs) I was like I see I I hope that they are (laughs) I was like you could do it like you'd be great I know I know so being an animal photographer though you range from like studio to like on-site location can you share with us the furthest you've traveled for a client yeah it's interesting so as I said we do the itinerary so as part of that we're sort of traveling Mm. for ourselves as well as traveling for our clients so we have been all around Mm. Australia so that means the furthest we've been is probably Broome um, and we've photographed dogs like in every state and territory in Australia. Um, I've had dogs that come to me though. We photograph at the snow. So I've had dogs um, that have travelled from Queensland and Western Australia to come to the snow because it's it's one of the only spots where we head sorry where we head is one of the only spots where you can take dogs in Australia to the snow so that makes it really really popular for people especially people who have arctic breeds like huskies and things like that they sort of have Mm -hmm. dreamed of seeing their dog in the snow so that they get to come for a holiday and then they get amazing Mm -hmm. photos of their time there so people absolutely adore that and it's just so much fun um you know you rug up because it's it's cold and I'm often lying down in the snow but uh, we love it. We, that's probably our favourite thing that we do every year is head to the snow, have people join us. Um, and they, mm-hmm. I mean, they have l- literally the time of their lives with their dogs because it's something that they've wanted to do um, and then, you know, they get their dogs love it. And, you know, it's sort of like mm-hmm. a dog on the beach but different. It's colder and, mm-hmm. and it's interesting. Yeah. Like the breeds, they kind of, like the Arctic breeds will fluff up instantaneously like Kiko overnight kind of doubles his coat and it's just it's aeration I suppose that keeps them warm um Mm. so yeah we've had people travel from all over to join us there and we've traveled all over as well to photograph people pretty lucky (laughs) that is so so cool I didn't even realize that which I guess is like silly but I always have associated Australia as like more of like a warmer climate or just like I've always felt it was like oh beaches and things like that so to hear that I was like 
smoked. I know. It's like, that's wild. <laughs> I know. I love that. And I'm kind of curious, though, since that is, I mean, I I understand that you've, like, you obviously drive around, which is super cool. But yeah. what, what advice would you give someone how to train their animal to, like, enjoy a flight or a car or a train, perhaps, if that's even allowed? I'm unsure if animals are allowed unless it's more of, like, you know, like you mentioned earlier, if it's, like, yeah. a, what do you call it? Like a, a what is the word? <laughs> Well, I know that there might be some licensing problems. Yeah, Yeah, service service dogs. dogs. Thank you. Yeah. So it's like, how? what advice would you give someone for like, you know, as you living the lifestyle of like traveling with your dog, how do you train an animal to enjoy that kind of traveling like in between those locations? How do we get our cats to join us and become adventure cats? (laughs) Yeah. That's (laughs) That's the real real question. question That's the real question. That's the real question. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there's especially like a particular breed. Like there's some dogs that are more suited to different Mm -hmm. things. So if you want to go running, then you get Mm -hmm. more of a a kind of a dog that's going to enjoy running than a pug. But I think when it comes to Mm -hmm. traveling, if you have similar expectations of it, so of traveling with your dog. So if you have a pug, that's fine. You can travel, but you're not going to hike 20Ks because they're going to find it tough. They're also going to struggle a little bit in the heat because of their noses. Um, So I think you can adapt adapt travel to any type of dog. It's like any age of children, I suppose. You you travel a little bit differently depending on who you're traveling with. So with dogs, any dog can travel. Some, I, I guess, may not like it. But that's going to be more based on you and how much you can include them, how much you can adapt to what they do like. Um, I think most Mm -hmm. dogs just love being included. So if you take them with you and you spend more time with them than you do at home, they're going to think it's the best thing. The first time we went Mm -hmm. to the snow, Kiko came home and I think he was sad because he was like, we went back to work and things like that. Like he was like, we've just had this amazing trip you're just leaving me now like you're going out for the day um he got over it it wasn't like moping but I think he (laughs) loved yeah Yeah. he just loved that we went together we spent all day with him like we went for walks and then at the end of that we were just cuddling up in front of a fireplace so I think you know there's type of travel for any dog um in terms of training them Mm -hmm. you mentioned sometimes it is easier when they're young because you can do things that sort of set them up to enjoy the travel experience it would be like if you wanted them to do a particular job or if you wanted them to do a sport you start young and and do what's appropriate for their Mm -hmm. age but that doesn't preclude older dogs I don't think because dogs are Mm -hmm. sort of uh, adaptable animals and again you adapt your holiday around taking them um Mm -hmm. oh the one training thing I think that's more important than anything is sort of just building in some adaptability with them so that they get used to like the dogs are routine based and a lot of people are as well but sometimes on the road you know they might get fed later or their routine might change a little Mm -hmm. bit so if you can in day-to-day life sort of add in some curveballs like it Mm -hmm. might be that instead of giving them breakfast in a bowl you go out and do it as like a a, a truffle hunt and they find their breakfast in the garden or you put it in a bottle Mm -hmm. and they've got to figure out how to get it Um, you might sort of go for a walk in the morning one day and a walk in the afternoon the next if you treat your dog teach your dog to be a little bit more adaptable in life then travel with okay. its curveballs is going to make it a bit easier for them mm-hmm. it actually kind of makes me think about because like I think the biggest thing like if we want our cats to be adventure cats one of the biggest <laughs> things I think that they would have an issue with is probably like the loud sounds of like a car or like things like that I feel like we'd have to like adjust them to those sort of things yeah. before like you know just dropping them in the car and going you know like yeah. I feel like we'd have to like 
slowly get them to like be like okay like being in a car is a good yeah. thing you're gonna go somewhere here you know like having that sort of nice space or even just like a leash you know what I mean because our cats are indoor cats like they don't, they're not really like you know adaptable and granted I'd want them on a leash because I don't want them to scooting out and like I'll never see them again yeah <laughs> so I would want to make sure that yeah. they're leash trained and I feel like it's like those sort of associations of like you put your leash on here's a treat you know what I mean yeah. or like I mean granted Kiki doesn't need a lot of treats no she doesn't need the treats <laughs> <laughs> but we, I feel like it's like those sort of like elements where like we can be able to bring that into like the outside so like when we take them outside they're kind of accustomed to it it's not as like you know but awful. I also think you make a really valid point on the type of dog especially I mean yeah, I'm not talking yeah. about cats but like for you like you mentioned earlier it's like you know it depends on the type of dog you're not gonna bring a pug on like a you know a 15 a like a 15k hike. hike you know what I mean however long it would be like yeah. that's just you have to adjust to whatever animal or pet you have yeah as your travel style that makes a lot of sense honestly <laughs> no it does it does but there's always a way around it too. So you can get backpacks for your dogs. Yeah. You can get backpacks for your cats. So uh, we yes. just got a backpack for Kiko. We would notice that on really long walks in the snow last year, he was getting tired because the snow balls on him and I think it weighs him down. So we got a backpack. We don't, we, we don't need it yet, but we got the backpack so that we can pop him in it occasionally so that he gets used to it um and then when he does need it we've got it and he'll be like yeah fine I'm not going to walk 15 k's I'm going to do the first 10 and then you guys are going to carry me home um so I think there's kind of in terms (laughs) of you adapt again you can figure every everything is sort of something that you can figure out if you really want to so I think like with cats we're going through that um with mm-hmm. our cat is Mr Magoo that will come with us our other cat Kimba he is too old like he Mr. needs to go to the vet every two weeks and things like that so that's where age does come into mm. it he's not as adaptable like he has turned into a grumpy old man cat that's what we call him um but Mr Magoo <laughs> he's seven he is a really sort of chill Mr. cat Magoo. Um, and so hmm. we think we'll, it'll be fine. It's more us. We've got to figure out some of the logistics of like kitty mm. litter and <laughs> and when we yes. go out, yeah. you know, and things like that. We may have to change our plans a bit. Like if it's a hot day, we can't then just leave leave him in the van. So yeah. it, it's figuring it all out. But I think. If you want to, there's a way of doing it and just being a bit flexible. Mm. And and sometimes it sounds like we make compromises that mean it's not as fun, but you add in what you get by having them with you and it, it it's way better than mm-hmm. leaving them at home. Like you've got a companion wherever you are. If you do something and they will have it in stitches, you know, of laughter because they've yeah. done something crazy. And so you're like <laughs> what you get by having them there more than makes up for anything you sort of have to adapt around or yeah. that you can't do like national parks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that honestly sounds like – and it's just such a fun way to travel. Like obviously solo travel, couple travel, but like animal travel is such a different avenue. You yeah. Know? Like you mentioned, it's just like they're kind of opening your world to something so different because of like mm-hmm. the way you have to travel and adjust to how like they could enjoy it as well. Like, yeah. And I, I think, think this is important too is like as like as a pet owner to be responsible in that yeah. sense. You know what I mean? Like anyone obviously you can like bring your pet out, but like you need to be conscious about like the type of pet it is, how old it is, like – can it adjust to these things? Like, I think it's important that, like, as a pet owner to, like, ask those questions of yourself. Like, 
can my pet be capable of doing the things that I like would like to do? And mm-hmm. like, you know, and if it's not like, don't do that to them. You know what I mean? Like, you need, yeah. I think it's important to be responsible that way as well. Since I they agree. are beautiful pet children. They're your fur babies. <laughs> fur I feel babes. like when it comes to pets, they're my children. Like people yeah. are like, oh, like I have like a son or a, you know, a daughter. And I was like, well, I have a grand kitty. I have a, I have a daughter and she's very furry <laughs> yes. and fat. Yes, she's fantastic. <laughs> she's great. She's great. <laughs> I love her. So to wrap up this like amazing episode, Carrie, oh, you have oh, educated yeah. us on so many cool things about just photography, about your dogs, about how to travel with your dogs, yeah. the kind of training that we would need in order to have, I mean, I know we have cats, <laughs> so I'm having a different mentality on yes. this, <laughs> My but, adventure cats. but we have so, we've learned so much throughout this episode. Something I also want to kind of highlight is what's something about being an animal photographer that the outside world might not understand. I kind of want to give you, you know, the stand right here to yeah. kind of express what maybe someone might not know about the world that you live in right now. I think the best thing about being an animal photographer and probably traveling with animals as well is exploring the world from their perspective. So in photography, you get down low, you're trying to take in the perspective of what the world is like from a dog. And when you're traveling, it's the same sort of thing. It's a different type of travel because you have to take your dog for a walk every day. So you get out and explore wherever you land. And that means that you are seeing something that you might not otherwise, or you've got to find someone, or not that you have to, but you want to find new places to take them. And suddenly you're like, I did not know this was here. Or you'll stumble across and be like, there's a waterfall, like just there. Or, (laughs) you know, and if I hadn't been taking the dogs out, I would have not found that. Or, you know, and I think it's all brilliant. The world of, like, dogs teach us so much. Um, They live life to the fullest. They are only in the here and now so in photography I want to capture that in traveling that inspires me um so yeah and I guess the other side with photography is I I want to capture the bond that people have so you've probably guessed that I love dogs from how much I'm enthused about them today (laughs) and um you know I'm not the only one there's so many of us that love our animals and so when you photograph um people with their dogs it's a really beautiful thing um I can't believe I'm going to go there at the end of this, but they're not with us as long as we would like. And so we have Mm. to make the most of the time that we have. Those photos are so important because, you know, that's that's what we have to hold on to for the rest of our lives. I love that. Now I feel like you need to ask something that... picks us all back I up again know, but I love it though because it's so true it's you know so I mean? true it's like you're giving especially your dogs you know you're giving them such a full life in order to showing them the world traveling with your pets like it's just so amazing how not only does your job allow you to travel but the fact that you're giving the gift of travel for your pets as well and I yeah. think it's an amazing thing that you get to also capture that beauty with like not just for your own dogs but for other people's like yeah. you guys have to definitely check out her stuff on our website because we're going to be sharing all of your information Carrie (laughs) all of your stuff from puppy tales and everyone's going to meet we've been talking about your dogs everyone's going to be like where is Kiko in summer (laughs) we gotta know (laughs) we gotta have a highlight of of the real stars today (laughs) (laughs) no but honestly we're going to have all of her information on our website you can check out all of it all of it on pretty much on our website thevogeltwins.com and our socials on Instagram and TikTok at the Vogel Twins. Yeah. Carrie, we are so grateful that you've taken the time to educate us, to show us and share your world with ours. It is just I feel I so humbled and I'm so excited to have to have had you on today. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you again.
Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. I could talk about this stuff for hours. So it's gone by so quickly and it's been a pleasure talking to you. I look forward to seeing the adventures of when you turn your cats into adventure cats. Yes. yes. Just wait for it. Just We're going to give you all the credit. <laughs> yes. yes. We're like, this is a Carrie. Thanks to Carrie, our cats are now adventure kitties. You heard it here. Yes, you heard it here. We're going to get we're gonna get Kiki on her weight loss journey. She's going to be an adventure cat. Yeah, 2022 is the year. 2022 is going to be the year. We're going to see our cats hiking. All right. All right. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Yes. All right. Bye. Bye.